Let the Ants Try by James McGreek. Dr. Sava Gordy looked at the radioactive smear that had been in Detroit. He looked down at the boiling anthill. Why not? he thought. He certainly, why not? Gordy survived the three hour war, even though Detroit didn't. He was on his way to Washington with his blueprints and models in his bag when the bomb struck. He had left his wife behind the city, and not even a trace of her body was ever found. The children, of course, weren't as lucky as that. The summer camp was less than twenty miles away, unfortunately in the direction of prevailing wind. But they were not in any pain until the last few days of the month. They had left to live. Gordy managed to fight his way back for the snarled, frantic airline controls to them. Even though he knew he would certainly die of radiation sickness, they suspected it. It was still the whole blessed week of companionship, for the pain got too bad. That was about all the companionship Gordy had for the whole year of 1960. He came back to Detroit, and as soon as the reality died down, he had nowhere else to go, and a house on the outskirts of the city and tried to locate someone to buy it from. But the emergency administration laughed at him. Move in if you're crazy enough to stay. Then Goody thought about it all. It occurred to him he was in a sort of state of shock. His fine trained mind almost stopped functioning. Yet and slept. And when it grew it grew cold, it shivered and burnt fires. Built fires. That was all. The World Department wrote him two or three times. And finally the government man came round to ask what had happened to the things that Gordy promised to bring to Washington. He looked queerly at the pink, hairless mice that's fed unmolested in the filthy kitchen. He stood at a distant, careful distance away from Gordy's hairy face and torn clothes. He said the secretary sent me here, Mr. Gordy. He takes a personal interest in your discovery. Gordy shook his head. The secretary's dead, he said. They all killed when Washington went. There's a new secretary, the man explained, and puffed his cigar, cigarette and tossed it into the patch. Gordy was scrambling into the truck garden. Arnold Cavanagh. He knows a great deal about you, he told me. His silver Goldie had a weapon. You must have it. Our strength has been shattered. Tell Goldie we need his help. Goldie crossed his hands like a lean Buddha. I haven't got a weapon, he said. You're something that can be used as a weapon. You wrote to Washington before the war came and said. The war is over, said Selby Goldie. A government man sighed and tried again, but in the end went away. He never came back. The thing Gordy thought was allowedly written off as a crack by idea of the man made of the port. It was exactly the kind of discovery. That kind of discovery, anyhow. It was May when John Tateri appeared. Gordy was spading his garden. Give me something to eat. The voice behind Gordy's back, Silver Gordy turned around. So the small dirty man who spoke, he rubbed his mouth with the back of his hand. You had to work for it, he said.
All right, newcomer, set down his pack. My name is John Terrier. I used to live here in Detroit. Servo Gordy said, so did I. Gordy fed a man and accepted a cigarette from him. After they'd eaten, the first puffs made him lightheaded. It'd been a long, that long since he smoked. Oh, the smoke, he looked, for the smoke, he looked at John to Terry. Oh, but enough. Company would be all right, he thought. The pink mice had been company of the sort. It turned out the mutation that made them hairless also gave them appetite for meat. Of the morning when he had awakened, the fine tight, tiny foot toothpick marks in his leg, he had destroyed them. There had been no other animals since, nothing but the ants. Are you going to stay, Gordy asked. You Terry said, if I can, what's your name? When Gordy told him, summon the animal, or the animal looked. Went out of his eyes and wonder what took its place. Dr. Servagordi, he said, mathematics and physics in Pasadan. Yes, I used to teach at Pasadan. I studied there, John Terry rubbed absently. He's wearing clothes. That was a long time ago. You don't know me. I majored in biology, but I knew you. Gordy stood up and carefully put the stub of his cigarette out, out the stubby cigarette. That was not too long ago, he said. I hardly remember. Shall we work on the garden now? Together they sweated in spring sunlight. That afternoon, Gordy discovered that they had been hard work for one man, went quickly enough for two. They worked clear in the edge of the plot before the sun reached the horizon. John Terry stopped and leaned on his spade, panting. He gestured a rank growth behind, beyond Gordy's patch. We could make a bigger garden, he said. Clear out that truck and plant more food. He might, we might even. He stopped. Gordy was shaking his head. We can't clear it out, said Gordy. It's rank stuff with sort of crab grass. The curly tough root. I can't even cut it. It's all around here. It's spreading. Did Terry Menet grimace? Mutation? I think so. And look, Gordy beckoned to the other man. It did him to the very edge of the cleared area. Went down. Picked up something red and wiggling between his thumb and forefinger. Doterra look, took it from his hand. Another rotation. He brought the thing close to his eyes. It's almost like an ant, he said. Set well the forex is well wrong. Self bullied for a examining the thing. He said something under his breath and threw insects from him. You wouldn't wouldn't have a microscope, I suppose. No. And yet that thing is hard to believe. It's an ant, but it seemed to have a tracheal breathing system. Oh, it's something different. Just everything's different, Gordy said. He pointed the cobbled band of rows. I had carrots there, at least. I thought they were carrots, and I tried to eat them. They made me sick. So heavily. Humanity has had its chance, John. He said, atomic bomb wasn't enough. They had to turn everything to a weapon. Now I made a weapon out of something that had nothing to do with wars. Our weapons have blown up in our faces. Deteriorate grinned. Maybe the ants will do better. It's their turn now. I wish it were, Gordy stirred earth over the boiling entrance of an ant hole. And watched the insects in, in their consideration. They're too small, I'm afraid. Why, no. 
These ants are different, Dr. Gordon. Insects have always been small because their breathing system is poor. These are mutated, I think. I think they actually have lungs. They could grow, Dr. Gordon. The ants were the size of men. They rule the world. Lung ants, Gordy's eyes gleamed. Perhaps they rule the world, John. Perhaps when a man, human race, finally blows itself up once and for all. Doctor, Doctor Terry shook his head, looking down, looked down, looking down again. His tattered, filthy clothes. Next blower is the last blower. He said, "The ants came too late by millions and millions of years." He picked up his spade. I'm hungry, Doctor Gordy. He said. He went back to the house without conversation. Yet Gordy was preoccupied with Gutierrez. Was too new in the household to force him to talk. It was sundown when they finished, and Gordy moved slowly to a lamp, light a lamp. He stopped. It's your, it's your first night, John. He said, "Come down, cellar. We start generating. I have a real electric lights in our, your honour." Gutierrez followed the older man down a flight of stairs, groping in the dark by candlelight. He worked over a gasoline generator. It was stiff from disuse. But often, once it started, it ran cleanly. I salvaged it from, from my, my own. Gordy explained the generator and that. He spread an arm toward the corner of the basement. I told you I invented the weapon. Yeah, that's it. Joe Terry looked. It was, was as much like a cage as anything, he thought. Hide a man, almost cubicle. What's it doing, he asked. The first time months, so Gordy smiled. I can't tell you in English. He said, I doubt that you speak mathematics. Closest I can come to is it's, it's the same place's temporal coordinates. Is that gibberish? It is, said Dorotorio. What does it do? Well, the World Department had a name for it. A name they borrowed from H.G. Wells. They called it Time Machine. He met Dorotorio's shot with bewildered stare calmly. Time Machine, he repeated. You see, John. We gave, we could give the ants a chance after all, if they like. Fourteen hours later, they stepped in the cage with batteries charged again, strange motor whirling. Forty million years early, they stepped out into quaking humid soil. Gordy felt himself out trembling, but effort managed to stop. No dinosaurs or super tigers in sight, wouldn't. Not for a long time yet, Dutori agreed. Then, my lord, he took, looked around him, his mouth wide open. Over wide, there was no wind, the air was warm and wet. Large trees were clustered quite thickly around them. Or what looked like trees, Dutori decided, rather some sort of soft-stemmed ferns or fungi. Overhead was a deep cloud. Gordy shivered. Give me the ants, he ordered. Suddenly, Dutori handed them over. Gory! poked a hole in the soft earth of his finger and carefully took the thoughts. Dropped one of the queen ant, ant queens and had it unearthed in the backyard from her belly hung a slimy mass of eggs. Few yards away it should have been further, he thought, but it was afraid to get too far with the tearing the machine and another hole and repeat the process. There were eight queens. Late was buried, he flung the dog away, came back to the terrier. That's it, he said. The terrier exhaled, his sullen face cracked in a sullen, sullen embarrassed smile. I guess I feel like God. said, good Lord, did to glory. Talk about your great moments in history. It, this is all of them. Been thinking about it. The only event I can remember that measures up is the flood. Even that, the equation of race. 
we survive, we have coolly wiped a drop of against moisture from the, off the side of his time machine and puffed. I wonder how they would get along with mankind, he said, a silent for a moment considering. From somewhere in the fern jungle came a rank, rancorous animal cry. The other man looked up quick, looked up with quick apprehension. The moments passed, the animal did not appear. Only of Terry said, we would better go back. All right, stiffly they climbed into the closet size interior of the time machine. Gordy stood with his hand in the control wheel, thinking about the hands, assuming they had survived. Assuming that in 40,000 years they grew larger and grew brains, what would happen? What would man be able to live in peace with them? Would it may, may, might it make men brothers joined against an alien race? Might this thing prevent human war? His thoughts, his thoughts took an insane leap. Could it be have prevented the war that destroyed Goody's family? Beside him, Dutori stirred restlessly. Goody jumped and turned the wheel. I was in a dark mathematical vortex, which might have been a fourth dimension. They stopped the machine in the middle of the city, but the city was not Detroit, not a human city at all. She was racing down the street, half blocking it. Round the towered corner, metal structures, some a hundred feet high, the vehicles moving the street, Ryan coming towards them and stopping. The Gordier, De Terry whispered, You see them? Servio Gori swallowed, I see them, he said. He sat in the time machine and stood waiting for the race to which he had given life. But these were, but these were children of ants in three sided, three wheeled vehicles behind the transparent windscreen. He could see them clearly. If Curie Terry standing close behind him now, a Gordy could feel the younger man's body shaking. They're ugly things, Gordy said mildly. Ugly, they're filthy. Yeah, like creatures as big as men, but hard looking as obnoxious as beetles. Their eyes, Gordy saw their surprise, with surprise, looted more than their bodies. For instead of faced insect eyes, just iris, corner and pupil, not round and vertical like cat eyes of horizontal, like a horse's eye, but irregular and blotchy. They seemed like vertebrate eyes. They were strange and unnatural, the parchment blackness, an ant's bulged head. Gordy stopped forward, and simultaneously the ants came out of their vehicle. The moment they faded, faced each other, the human ants slightly. What should I do now? Gordy asked Terry. Oh, he shuddered. Terry laughed at grass. Gordy wasn't quite, wasn't quite, wasn't sure. Talk to him, he said. What else is there to do? Gordy swallowed. He resolutely did not attempt to speak in English to these creatures. And as surely as he knew this, his name, the English, probably any other language evolving sound, be very comprehensive to them, but he found himself smiling passively to them. That was, of course, as bad. Things that no expressions, no, of their own. He could see they certainly, they would have no precedent to help interpret a human smile. God, he raised his hand in symmetrically sound gesture of peace. Waited to see the insects, what the insects would do. They did nothing. Gordy bit his lip, and feeling uh, 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 idiotic, bowed stiffly to the ants. The ants did nothing to Terry, said from behind. Try talking to them, to Gordy. That's, that's silly, Gordy said. They can't hear? 
It was no sooner than anything else, irritably. They were make the, making the words very clear, he said. We are friends, they answered nothing. They just stood there with unwinking pupil eyes. Fitz and Gordy didn't shift from foot to foot as a human might. Or she scratched herself or even showed a little, small movement of human breathing. They just stood there. Oh, for heaven's sake, said Dottori. Let here, let me try. He stepped in front of Gordy and faced the ant things. He pointed to himself. I am human, he said. Manhattan He about playing pointed animals. Ants, you are insects, that. He pointed me to the time machine, took us to, took us to the past, where he made it possible for you to exist. He waited for your action, but there wasn't any. Dr. Terry clicked his tongue and began again. He's pointed at the tapering metal structure. This is your city, he said. Gordy, listening to him, felt the hopelessness of effort. Something disturbed the thin hairs back of his skull. He reached absently to smooth them down. His hand counted something hard and inanimate. Hot, not cold, but like spring spongy wood, without temperature at all. He turned around behind him with half a dozen odd ants. Drones, he thought. Or did ants have drones? John, he said softly. Efficient, very good, fragile looking pincer that had touched him, clamped his shoulder. With no strength in it, he thought at once. Until he moved, instantly, take instinctively to get away, and then a thousand sharp serrations stood up through the cloth of his cloak and skin, like catching oneself a cluster of tiny fish hooks. He shouted, John, watch out! The terrier bending over low for the purposes of pointing to the caterpillar's treads. The ant's vehicle straightened up, startled. He's tired, turned and run. I was caught in a step. Gordy t- heard him yell, but Gordy had trouble with his own, could spare no further attention. For Mr. T- Dr. Terrier. When two of the ants had him, Gordy stopped struggling. He felt warm blood roll down his arm. A pain was being, f- a pain was being flayed. From where he hung between the ants, you could see the two first two still standing before their vehicle, still motionless, with a sheet shower reek in his nostrils. He traced it to the ants that held him, and one of they smelled as bad to him. Two small ants abruptly stirred and moved forward rapidly on a thin, on eight le- thin legs to the time machine. Gordy's captures turned and followed them. For the first time since the scuffle, he saw the terrain. The younger man was hanging limp with lifted forelegs of a single ant. The two more standing guy besides. Their pounds in blood from wound the Torre's neck. Consciously, Gordy fought mechanically and turned his head to watch the ants in the machine. It was a dry, persuasive sight. He immediately stood there and no one moved. Then Gordy heard the Torre grunting Terry grunts and swear weakly. How are you, John? He called John to Terry. Grimaced. Not very good. What happened? Terry Gordy shook his head. Sought for words to answer. But the two ants turned in unison. The time machine guided towards Terry. And Gordy's words died in his throat. Dunkley, one of them extended a forelink to touch Terry's chest. Gordy said it coming. John, he shrieked. Then it was all over, and the cherry screen was harsh in the air. He turned his head away. Dimly from the corner of his eye, he could see the sun-like claws moving up and down. 
with no time left in Terry to protest. So the girl the age sat against the wall and looked at the ants who were looking at him, and been for which, been that which he'd been done to be to be the Terry. He brought there would really be nothing to complain about. We too the ants had given him none of the comforts humanity lashes on even its criminals. They had fed him and allowed him to sleep until it suited the convenience of the course. There were small signs that they were interested in his comfort in their fashion when the pumping much had at first they first offered him came up thirty minutes later his multi legged boot host brought him a variety of foods of which he was able to swallow some fairly palatable fruits. He was true highest in a warm room. If it, if he had neither windows or chairs or window, Goldie thought it was only because ants had no use for these themselves. He couldn't he couldn't ask for more for them. This was where this was a drawback, he thought, that and the memory of John Le Courier. He squirmed on the half line to his shoulder blades, found a new spot to prop themselves against, and stared against the committee of ants who had come to see him. They were working at Angular Thing. It looked like a camera, at least. It had a glittering. Something that might be a lens. Gordy stared into it suddenly. The little smell, sour reek of his nostrils. It was in his nostrils again. Gordy admitted himself that things weren't, hadn't worked just as, as he planned. Deep under the surface of his mind, just now beginning to come out where he could see, where he could see it. There had been a narrative, a furtive hope. He had hoped that the rise of the ants would help that he had given him. Would aid the speed of rise of mankind. The hatred God he knew started a role recall from things that were different. A man's first enemy is his family. But see, for he sees them first. For he stands for them against the next families. The crystal main. And there's still his neighbours of allies against the ghettos and Harlem's his town. His town to him is the heart of the nation. This nation commands life and death in war. For Goody, been a buried hope that a separate race would make a whipping boy the passions of humanity. And if there was struggle, he would not be between man and man, but between the animal and humans and the ants. Been his buried hope that hope was denied. And animals simply, ants had simply not allowed man to rise. Ants put their camera-like machines and Gordy looked up in his expectation. Half a dozen of them left and two stayed on. One was a smallish creature with a bang on the forehead. He seemed to be concentrating on the other stranger to Gordy, as far as he could tell. Two ants stood motionless for a period of time and Gordy felt found tenderous. He, he changed the position, lay on the floor, thought of sleeping, but sleep would not come. But there was no evading knowledge that he'd wiped his own race out his own race, annihilated them by preventing them from birth. Forty million years before his own time, 
You'd like no other murderess since Cain Goody thought. I wondered if he felt no that he felt felt no blood in his on his hands. It was a signal that would he could not perceive his guardian and came forward to him, nudged him outward from the wall. He moved as he was directed out the low exit hole. He had the nerve on hands and knees. Down the corridor, the bright day outside, light saw set Van Gordy blinking. Half blind, he followed bangled ants across the square to a coral shed. More ants were waiting there, circled around a litter of myrtle hearts. Gordy recognised them at once. It was his time machine, stripped piece by piece. After a moment, the ant nudged him again, impatiently. Gordy understood what they, were, what they wanted. They had taken the machine apart for study. He wanted to put it together again. Pleased with the prospect of something to do with his fingers and his brain, Gordy grinned and reached the cur- for curious ant-made tools. He ate four times a step once, nothing, m- never moving for the neighborhood cone-shaped shed, and then he, when he's finished, Gordy stepped back. It's all ours, he said, proudly, I'm taking you everywhere, a present from humanity to you. The ants are very silent. Gordy looked at them. He saw they were the drone ants in the group. All oh, still statues. Hey, he said in a stout moment. I'm thinking. Then the noyoyoyoyoyoyoyoyoyoyoyoyoyoyoyoyoyoyoyoyoyoyoyoyoyoyoyoyoyoyoyoyoyoyoyoyoyoyoyoyoyoyoyoyoyoyoyoyoyoy
A hollow insect leg detached from the ant had been closer to him. It was slopping about on the floor of the machine. He'd been that close. Goody stopped the machine. It started. The same quivering perennial blob. Bog. I lay crouched over controls for a long time before he moved. He made a mistake. He deteriorated. There wasn't any doubts left at all. There is where might be a way out of it. Look out of the coal merchant's forest. The fern trees are not the fern trees he's seen before. The machine's been moved in space. But time he knew was identical to same. Trust machine for that. He thought, I'll give the world to the ants. Right here, I can take it back. I can find the ants are buried and crush them on the pot. I to set myself for myself burying them. And he got out the machine, suddenly pu- panicking. Panically, Ozzy squid his eyes as he appeared around the room. Death had been very close to the ant city. This reaction still left Gordy limp. That was he safe here. You remember the violent animal scream? Violent animal scream we heard before and stood at the fault of furnishing a casual meal for some dinosaur while a queen ant lives safely through the horrible young. Gleam of metal through the fern forest made his heart leap. Burnish metal here could mean but one thing the machine. Around a clump of fern trees, their bases covered, the thick club mosses. He ran, he saw the machine ahead. He slipped, he raced towards it, then came to a sudden stop, slipping on the damp ground. There were two toy machines in sight. The further machine was his own, though through the sounding screaming mosses, he could see two figures standing in it, his own and Deteres. But anyway, there was a larger machine, a strange, a strange design. And from it came a hastening mob, not a mob of men, but of black insect shapes racing towards him. Of course, thought Goldie. He turned hopelessly to run. Of course, answered an infinite time to work on him. Time won't be. Death had been very close to the city. The reaction still left Goody go- go- limp. Where they were, was he safe here? He made the violent animal scream he had heard before. Shuddered and thought of furnishing the crazy wheel to some dinosaur. Or the queens this safely to produce the horrid young. Green metal for the fern trees made his heart leap. Burnished metal would, could mean but one thing, the machine. Found a clump of fern trees, their bases covered with thick club mosses. He ran and saw the machine ahead. He raced towards it and came to some stop slipping on the ground. There were two machines in sight. The third machine was his own. And he was through the standing moss, green moss. He could see two figures standing in it, his own notorious. But the nearer was a large machine, a strange design. It came and from it came a hasten mob, not a mob of men. A black insect shapes racing towards him. Of course, for Goldie, he turned hopelessly to run. Of course, the ants had infinite time to work in. Time enough to build a machine of the pattern and own. Time to realize that they had done what they had done to him to ensure their own race safety. Goldie stumbled 
The first of black things was upon him, as his pinky lungs filled with air for the last time. Good in you, the animal that had screamed in the depth. What animal screamed in the depths of the cold, cold, made of forest? 